Life is like an evil scheme here on Glomtails, Sharks and Bombs and Scrooge's Greaves. Greetings, everyone. Hey, how you doing? It's Matt Sir. Today we are doing another DuckTales review, spoiler talk, for Season 2, Episode 22, Glomtails. <laughs> All yours was better than mine. Join with me now, sort of. Actually, he uh, he did actually get back to the present, but ended up in a really strange land. Where are you, Mark? Bad, I'm coming to you live from Big Rock Candy Mountain. Wow, what's it like out there? Magical. I am in, I'm in the court of the Hobo King. Oh, is he a nice guy? He's a nice guy. He is, and very encouraging. Well, that's fantastic to hear, but I hope you're able to give us some of your thoughts on this episode. But first things first, folks, be sure to subscribe to this channel, ring the bell when you want videos to drop. You know the whole deal. And now that that's all out of the way, let's get straight into the synopsis. So, Mark, tell us, what is this special Glom Tales episode all about? Well, Matt, it's Glom's gold's time to shine, and he's ready to take over as he forms his own team made up of Scrooge's greatest villains to defeat the Clown McDuck once and for all. And he's gone so far as to even replace the opening theme song. Oh, gasp, no! Yes, and I'm kind of bummed that they put it on YouTube like a month before, because this would have been a fun surprise, but at the same time, when I saw it a month before, I loved it just as much. But uh, yeah, that's about it, really. We have one thing that is nice. We have a bit of a continuity thing going here, and the show has done this before, but you know, in a lot of kids' shows, when you know they do reprimand the child... Even when they do it, it's still kind of that, you know, the ne next week it all just sort of resets anyway. There's not really much of a fallout. But this episode really uh, kept it, you know. Louis is uh, grounded. And DT87, voiced by Yuri Lowenthal, I feel like that's a real shock for me. Right. <laughs> is making sure he stays grounded while the, well, actually I met them. They were here on Big Rock Candy Mountain. They too joined me in the court of the Hobo King. Wonderful family. Delightful ducks. Oh, that's so great. A flock of ducks to always appreciate. Mm -hmm. Well, birds of a feather and all that sort of thing. And speaking of birds of a feather, Glomgold manages to convince Ma Beagle and the Beagle Boys, Magica Dispel, uh, Don Carnage, and Mark Beaks to join his cause to win the bet against Scrooge McDuck. Well, that sounds like a really epic episode. It does. It's the it's the most ambitious uh, crossover ever, Matt. I'm not sure, you know. I don't think Disney has ever attempted that before. No, you know, like uh, Roger Rabbit, Avengers Endgame, you know, Child's Play. <laughs> Pure Child's Play. Hogwash, I'd say. Hogwash. But uh, Matt, why don't you uh, give us some thoughts? You know, I'm, you know, just sitting here on a bed of rock candy. It's not very comfortable. Well, I'll divert the attention away from you for a moment here and say, yeah, I thought this episode was actually a lot of fun. Um, I was really happy that we actually continued straight off from the last episode where Louie was grounded and he was still dealing with the consequences of all that. While at the same time, I'll admit, I kind of forgot about the bet placed between Glomgold and Scrooge McDuck. So it's kind of nice to see that come together again. Mm -hmm. And I liked each of the interactions Glomgold had with each of the previous villains. Absolutely. Trying to convince them. It's like, we need to form a family. And just kind of like seeing like the different angles and aspects of trying to convince each one. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of funny. Like, I know you said you don't like, what's his name? Beaks? Mark Beaks. I, know, I was looking at Beak Bennett, but I was like, that's not right. I just love the fact that Mark Beaks really reminds me of a character who could be in either a Gretzko or Bojack Horseman. I kind of like that adult angle with the technological Silicon Valley angle. Yeah, and I have to say he does actually earn his keep in this by at least, you know, hacking the phone lines and whatnot. 
So like it, it wasn't just like he was there and, you know, he had a role to play that actually, you know, worked out. And I also say this much. I know it's been established previously before, but Glomgold looks really weird without that beard. <laughs> he does. I But it's kind of a running gag at this point, but I like it every time it gets ripped off. He just has another one he pulls out from his back pocket. <laughs> yes. Like I don't know. Just Magicka rips it off at the end of the episode. He's just like, what? The and then he just. He's backing up, just goes, like, not even skipping a beat. It's great. He's obsessed, man. He's profoundly obsessed. Well, actually, speaking of Longworld, we do have a continuity where um, at the end, he's out. He's done in by the fact that Glomgold isn't his real name. Oh, yeah. So that was cool. It wasn't just, a, you know, Duke Baloney wasn't kind of just a throwaway episode in a way. I mean, it was his origin story, but I'm, it has repercussions. And I think that's pretty great. It is. And kind of tying into that with the whole Louis situation, it's actually funny. I remember I was reading the comments of the last review episode we did, and someone pointed out saying, like, what if Louis actually did go straight up evil and became more like Glomgold? And then oh. when that happened in this episode, I was like, yeah, no, the guy called it. And I kind of figured Louis would probably backstab in a way. But um, to kind of go on him, though, I will say there is one semi-negative I have. I only say negative because I don't know how I feel about it. Mm. Uh, the establishment of Louis being grounded to learn about the consequences of his schemes. I get it. At the beginning, he still doesn't quite get what's wrong with what he does. And it's been said before in previous episodes, he's good at it. He's good at seeing at multiple angles and finding the laziest, but the most benefiting approach to any situation he could channel through schemes. But as the episode goes on, uh, he's trying to escape so he can go to Candy Rock or whatever it's called. And the robot is constantly telling him, like, I detect schemes, yada, yada, yada. And eventually when Glomgold and the other villains invade the manor, they start talking to each other about what does it mean to be a family and planning and scheming and all that stuff. I was having trouble believing that Louis was learning the right lesson. Yeah, I could see that. I'm not saying it was bad because at the end where he like, quote unquote, backstabbed the McDuck family. But then it turns out, oh, he actually read the fine print and he knew about all that. I could believe he could do that. But the turn, or at least the lesson that he learned at the very end, I'm not entirely sure if that was perfectly transitioned in the writing. Well, it's the whole thing is, you know, he has to learn about, you know, not being, you know, essentially a con artist and a scam, a scam artist. But at the end of the day, that's what saved them. So it kind of muddies the moral lesson, I feel. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't really talking about that specifically, but yes, uh, he can con other people as long as it's not his family. But even then, Della's like, yeah, no, you shouldn't be conning anyone to physically hurt people or even mentally. But it's like Louis says, like, I'm just hurting them financially or whatever. And it's like scheming is a very negative gray line. Yeah. And I suppose like if you want a more positive spin on what louis should be doing it's more like a strategist or a planner yeah but in terms of the nature the way he's going about it you mean yes yeah just the way you're going about it and like the nature and the intent of whatever it is you're utilizing your skill towards I, I, i'm trying not to get the big adult metaphorical existential about it i'm just saying i have trouble seeing the fundamental lessons that louis learned oh i guess my actions were wrong and i could see that now and maybe that's the point. Maybe he didn't entirely see it and he just saw his family and acted on instinct. 
Yeah. Maybe that's all it is. So who knows? Mm-hmm. Well, we do know at the end of the episode, there's a cliffhanger and he might not give Scrooge the company. Right. There you go. I almost forgot about that. The episode ended and it's like, Louis, maybe, maybe my assumptions were right. Maybe he didn't learn anything. I'm kind of sure he will, but I kind of hope he doesn't, at least at the start of tomorrow's episode, just to, I don't know, just to make it more interesting. Well, we don't know much about tomorrow's episode. As far as I know, all we know is that the next episode is called The Richest Duck in the World. So something tells me Louis's not going to hand it over just yet. No, but speaking of next episode, like not a lot of preview stuff, press stuff has gone out for it, except for a synopsis I won't put it here. You'll get that tomorrow. But uh, for this episode, there was a lot of clips and stuff posted because it was, you know, the big clash episode. And uh, some of you may have noticed that uh, in the trailer for it, Magica dispels feathers were green instead of white. And uh, according to Francisco Angones, uh, this is because the wrong character model was sent to the animation studio overseas. But uh, it's the correct color in this episode. And Magica was actually really fun in this episode. I think the one thing I like about this episode the most, Matt, yeah, is I have a hard time buying villains teaming up. Like antagonists, maybe sure, but like once you go full villain, just because the whole one of the not always, but a common trait in a villain is they're very self centered, self serving. Yeah, no, it was funny because the way this episode was going, it felt like it was real, like the League of Doom or something. But then, you know, once they all actually show up at McDuck Manor, they're all, you know, kind of doing their villainous monologues. And, you know, it's kind of just you can tell they're not truly united as a family. And I liked that was a thing yeah no they were just utilizing each other's skills oh i do like though that every time uh at least once magica's there you know everyone's like of course magica dispelled and glumble's just like i'm right here because <laughs> i mean she was the big baddie of last season so everyone assumes oh yeah no she's the head honcho glumble's like it's me scrooge but uh yeah i did like it was a fun episode and uh i'm looking forward to more now, here's my question to you, Mark. Uh, Glomgold was obviously a tool, and all the other villains are like, yeah, screw this guy. We don't care about him. But do you think that the other villains will still consider a relation between each other? Because technically, like, the Beagle Boys, Don Carnage, uh, Magica, Marks, they don't really have a beef with each other because they didn't out each other. It was Glomgold. So do you think in future episodes, I'm not saying like the next episode or two, they'll still help each other out. I'm just saying like later on, do you think their relations will be fine and maybe we might get a couple more team ups? I think we could see something small. Yeah, I think that's possible. I would actually like that. It's very much like Batman, the animated series. Yeah, I think that could be a cool route for them. But overall, though, I think I would say uh, this episode was really fun. I liked seeing all the villains come together. And I, oh, one last thing I'll say before we go, though, I was actually really impressed with the animation in some spots. Oh, do tell. Like, I, I suppose specifically the Magicka recruiting part, there were a couple moments where, like, the characters were acting in strong silhouettes and poses, doing, like, little tells with their hands and just, like, the way they moved and bounced around. Even though it's television animation, it's not as, like lucrative as like film animation i thought the animation team did a really fantastic job bringing these characters to life especially when they were working off of each other and it wasn't quite overly animated in some parts but i definitely think this is probably one of the more subtle yet strongest animation they've done in one of their episodes that is not not like a finale or a mid-season finale hmm. but i don't know i guess i just had a heightened appreciation for it this time hmm that's always good but we have always this show has had uh, high marks from us in terms of its animation 
Much so. But did you have any other closing thoughts on this episode? No. In fact, uh, the Hobo King calls me for what to do with those ducks who came. So I better get going. Matt, why don't you take us home? All right, folks. I want to thank you all for checking out this review. Be sure to subscribe to this channel. Like I said before, ring that bell to be notified when videos drop. And if you want to consider supporting me, please go to my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Matt Seller. As little as a dollar a month will go towards my podcast, art, animation, and content made just for you. But above all else, let us know what you thought about this episode. Season 2, episode 22, Glom Tales. Woohoo. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Share your thoughts. Join the conversation. Oh, and lastly, don't forget to like this review if you enjoyed it. This is Matt Seller. This is Mark. Now I thank you all for tuning in. Thank you.